Can you do that dance? You got that Ric Flair? There you go. <laughs> uh, well, first things first, let's, let's give away some swag, all right? I got you, I got you a Sharpie here. Let's sign a couple footballs. You may want to sign football from Corey Redding. That'd be pretty nice. There you go. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody, who's, who's for the Chiefs tonight? Okay, because we're in Patrick Mahomes country, you know. This is, we're, we're 90 miles from Lubbock. Uh, all right, and how, how many of you are, are 49ers fans? I love your enthusiasm, Celeste. That's good. You had one more very quiet supporter in the back. All right. Who wants this thing? Come on. Come on. Hey, you want to launch that one? You're a defensive player, so you don't get to throw these very often. So, Corey, uh, let's talk a little bit about the game. So, so um, obviously, you had 13 seasons in the NFL, played the University of Texas uh, all four years, 35 consecutive starts. That's pretty crazy uh, just to stay healthy that long. Obviously, had a, a prolific high school career. He was a state champion discus thrower uh, his junior and senior year, so he did track as well. But what's your favorite football memory from all your days of playing high school through the pros? Hmm. <clears throat> don't remember high school too much um, and I was young and really didn't focus on football I just played because I got to hit kids in the mouth and I go to jail for it so I really wasn't keeping up with stats in high school uh, but in but at but at UT uh, I have three fond memories one it was the very first time I ran out the, the tunnel and there was a cloud of smoke and when I saw the crowd there was 65,000 screaming fans and and it was phenomenal yet I was a freshman and was on the punt team who was playing NC State and they blocked four punts on me <laughs> so we lost the game so that's the first memory second one is my junior year um, we lost a fellow teammate at the beginning of the season Cole Pittman we dedicated this game to him uh, we're playing North Carolina Mac Brown's team now and I got an interception and ran back and flipped into the end zone from the four-yard line so that's the second point and the third was playing against LSU in the Cotton Bowl which they just selected me in the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame Come in on. May um, and and in that game in that game, um, you know, that was my last time having on a uniform, you know, having the helmet with the decal and out there with my brothers. And so the first time I stepped on the field, a big moment for one of my fellow brothers. And the last time I touched the uh, burn orange uniform was just three fond memories in college. I love it. I lo what about in the pros? Because you, you returned to Ben Roethlisberger fumble for a touchdown. We Ooh. saw Aaron Rodgers picked up Matt Stafford. Was there a sack? Somebody that you, you hit really hard and their teeth got jostled? Is, is there... <laughs> Is there something you remember, like a, your favorite moment from the pros? Um, the only thing that I can say that I love uh, as a fun memory was hitting Tom Brady plenty of times, <laughs> hitting Peyton Manning plenty of times, hitting Drew Brees plenty of times, sacking Britt Favre in three different uniforms. Um, you know, I just love hitting, you know. It's, I mean, come on, people. I mean, like, all right. All right, you go to work all day from Monday to Friday, and you have the weekend to just be 
you, right? Go to games and be loud and be crazy and have fun. Let off that steam that somebody made you mad at work, whatever. That was me doing football. I would go out on the field and just let off all the steam and hit these quarterbacks and just having a fun time playing the kids game at a high level. Yeah, so you, you mentioned that like at, as a follower of Christ, you know, the fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, but those aren't qualities and characteristics that Coach Pagano and Coach Harbaugh <laughs> are looking for. So how do you how do you flip that switch to being a cross follower to on the football field? You're like, no, I'm I'm gonna hurt you. Well, I mean, you have to have a switch. Because if I walk the streets with that switch on, I'll probably in jail. I mean, that's just what it is. But um, even Christ himself made a cord of whips and ran people out of the temple. So there is a fire within him, right? There's a fire within us as well, but it has to be tamed by the Holy Spirit as well. So I, I you know, and, and also David had mighty men, mighty warriors of men, right? So God, you know, in his infinite power and wisdom have anointed mighty men to do mighty things. And, and I just tapped into that power through the word to just say, Lord, use this vessel of clay to go out in the field of battle. I know I'm not gonna, it's not life or death, but just to go out here and to glorify you with my worship, but just hit this man as hard as I can and beat him in the name of Jesus. <laughs> well, I would imagine under your last season, you played with Larry Fitzgerald, who's yes. kind of known to being a follower of Jesus. You play with a lot of Christians. Is there a perception in the locker room of being soft? I mean, like, talk about that and just being a Christian on, on a, in, in a sport that is, that is relatively violent. Uh, to answer that question, no, there's not, a, there's not a thought in the locker room that, uh, you know, people think because you're a Christian or follower of Christ that you're soft. That's totally the opposite. The strongest men that I know in the locker rooms were Christians. And any time that hardship, adversity, injuries, um, things that we had to overcome, those mighty men of God got on their knees and they prayed or they, 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 they called up the leaders on the team and said, hey, guys, let's get in a word of prayer in the middle of the locker room. Let's join hands and pray for one of our brothers who lost their mother. Pray for one of our brothers whose son just passed away. Pray for our brothers because they need our strength, right? We can't run this race by ourselves. Right? We need the other men and women of God to join hands and pray for one another, you know, all the time. And so it's, it's, it's crazy. We have a lot of Christians, a lot of mighty men of God that play the game of football. And trust me, they are not soft. They are not soft at all. That's awesome. Uh, so you grew up in Houston. Did you grow up an Oilers fan? Yes. Okay. I'm, not a, I'm not a Titans fan or I'm not a Texans fan. Although the Oilers went to Nashville to become Tennessee, so that you know they know more than uh, the Oilers and the Texans. I was in the league when the Texans was around, so I always saw them as my foe. So right. I, I don't root for them. So who was the, who was the athlete? Cause obviously, I'm, I'm a Dan Marino guy. Was there somebody that you followed growing up that you just said, "Man, that's that's my guy"? Of course, it was Warren Moon. You know those guys, Lamar Lathan, uh, Billy White Shoes, all those guys that played. Uh, you know in the Oilers back in the day and. I used to just sit in the living room and watch TV and, you know, and then try to go outside and emulate the guys. And but I, I mean, I couldn't run like Earl, so I played defense, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't throw like Warren. So I was a defensive end, but I could throw like Warren when it came to the discus, 193 feet, eight inches. So I was I was great. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, the only team I root for in the state of Texas is the Longhorns. So that's it. There you yes. go. Uh, you were very successful. I know you got a lot of cowboys in here, real sad right now. Uh, 
You were awesome in high school. He was, he was named USA Today's Defensive Player of the Year of all high schools of all of America. They picked one player, and he was it. Two-time All-American at the University of Texas, um, and obviously had a lot of success as a pro as well. So uh, that's, that's the tough part. When, when you were at the University of Texas, you won 9 to 11 games every year you were there. You all had a lot of success. We're always in contention for championships. And then, and then you get drafted by the Lions. Who <laughs> 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 struggled? They struggled this year. They struggled back then. So how, like, I'm a competitor. I love to win. And that, that seems like that would be really hard to go from winning in high school and winning in college. And then, and then you get drafted by a team that just can't get over 500. And you're losing more than you're winning. So how do you handle that adversity to go from winning, winning, winning to just literally what, your seven, eight seasons in the league and you hadn't had a winning season yet? Yeah. Um, the, most wins, uh, the most wins I was a part of in the six years I was with the Lions was seven and nine. The worst record was 0-16. Um, it was tough. Now, granted, I'm, I'm very thankful that the Lions chose me and gave me an opportunity to fulfill a dream of mine and, and to play a game uh, at the high level again. But at the same time, it was a struggle because I was so successful in high school. I was successful in college. And then get to the pinnacle of my sport, my profession, and never taste victory like that. Never, never have a chance for the playoffs. It was understood that in November, we were packing up our bags for whatever vacation we was gonna go to at the end of the season. We're planning our vacations in November when guys are really hitting their prime and getting ready for the playoffs to pursue old Tiffany. You know, that's the Vince Lombardi trophy. So it was tough, it was tough, but through it all, I'm telling you, through it all, I had to, again, fall back on the word and work as if I'm working for the Lord and not for man. So I, I, I kept Bible verses in my locker that I looked to for inspiration because that's my heels, which comes with my help. I had to look for power to draw on him and say, Lord, get me through this. I'm running through a brick wall today and my body can't take it yet. I'm the captain of this team. I need to show face. I can't show defeat. You know, you are never defeated. So if I'm serving you, I need you right now to just, just bow up and just be bold within me. Give me that strength and that confidence. And he did for six straight years. And I've learned, as I call that my wilderness period, I've learned how to grow. I learned how to call on him in the good times and in the bad. And I've learned that no matter what, I've learned a lot of life lessons in my losses than I did in the victories. And it just made me a better father, a better husband, uh, a better teammate, a better captain, but more importantly, a better child of God that I can serve him wholeheartedly because I know he has my back no matter what. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, you, you had that 35 consecutive game start streak in, in college. You get to the pros. You, you started over 90% of your games. But you just talked about running through a brick wall. Like, I can't imagine being on that offensive or defensive line and the constant like, you've got to be in pain. By, by week 13, 14, you're just limping out there. How do you recover so quickly knowing you have another game in seven days? The first three years of my career, I don't think I stretched or warmed up. I was just, I roll a ball out in the field and I go play. I mean, I was just young and just, you know, strong, and I, and I, and I took a lot of pride in that. But by year four, after the second game, I got up out of the bed on Monday, and I was like, what is this? Where did this come from? I can't be feeling this bad at this young of age 
And I realized I got to start taking care of my body. I have to not only play the game as a professional, but sleep like a professional, eat like a professional, drink, uh, think like a professional, train. I had to, everything was about my body, was my office, was my toolbox. That's what I took to work every day, my mind, my hands, my feet, my hips. Ah! So I had to take care of that. So I started getting chiropractic care three times a week. I started seeing them on the masseuse twice a week. I would go and get in the cold tubs every day in Detroit. I'm going to know something about that in about Ooh. 20 minutes. Yes, yes. Every day I made the cold tub my friend to slow down the inflammation and just sit up to here and just ice my whole body down. And before every practice, I would get in the hot tub to get everything loosened up. So I had to learn how to be a professional. And that taught me uh, and helped me with the longevity of my career. I was able to run circles around the younger guys because my body was in much more shape than those guys. So I know you absolutely love Jesus. We've talked a lot about that just when we first met and we went to lunch and grabbed a hamburger. And mm-hmm. um, I would love for you to tell everybody just kind of how that happened, how you first found Christ and, and talk a little bit about your story. Well, I was, <clears throat> okay, so you don't have a bench up here. You have benches down there. I was born and raised in the Church of God in Christ. My mother was the, you know, head of the deacon board. She was, <laughs> she was missionary. She was a singer. She was an usher. She did everything, and she sung in the choir. So I would always sleep underneath the pew in the choir stand. Well, when I was old enough to sing and rock side to side, as you saw me over there, because it's just in me, uh, you know, that I was born and raised in the church. That's all I know. Um, seven days a week, we were there almost, you know, and, 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 you know, I was baptized at an early age, didn't know what that really meant, um, was led and persuaded, you know, by the world and wanted to be like my friends and run the streets with them. So I did worldly things because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. In my neighborhood, if you don't follow the crowd, you're deemed as weak. You're right. And so as you know, I was doing all the things that they were doing. I was drinking what they was drinking. I was smoking what they were smoking. And I was chasing women like they were. And, and I was living in the world. And, and by the time I went through high school, it was success. I went through college. It was success. But then I got into the pros and everything started to catch up with me. I started getting tired. Um, restless nights, rest. Um, I wasn't happy. Uh, I was married with a daughter, and yet I was still trying to fill a void for some reason. And because I was basically running from God in my walk, because I wasn't serving him the way I should have, I was tired of living the way that I was supposed to in the world. And I, in my apartment, when I was back in college once, uh, one off season, I just surrendered. No one was in the house. Uh, my wife was gone with my daughter, and I just put on the radio and just started thinking about how far I've come. And I should be dead and gone when I was 10 years old, drowned at the beach of Panama City, but the Lord saved me. I should have lost my right leg, but grace and mercy stepped in and said, no, no, we've already paid the price. He's going to keep his leg. I had a gun pulled on me three or four times in my life, but the trigger was never pulled because of God. I have overcome so much by his grace and his mercy i should not be standing here today talking and so the tiredness i realized that i was running away from my creator and i completely did a 180 and said lord i surrender i'm sorry please forgive me with tears in my eyes and that day he said thank you for stop running son he put his arms around me and i've been serving him wholeheartedly ever since and been an ambassador for him, and he's just truly been opening my eyes and just continuing to use me to bless his kingdom, one person, one city, one opportunity at a time. That's awesome. It was just, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I know, I know you, uh, you were talking about blessing, you, you, you pay it forward and you do a lot. So, so Corey does, um, he's got his, the Corey, Corey Redding Foundation. You do a lot of things uh, for University of Texas students and just for the kingdom as a whole. You're always, talk about some of the charitable things that you've done. He was actually, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were the, the uh, NFL man of the year for the Colts. Uh, when he played for the Colts, and that you get that by being a good man, not being a good player necessarily, even though he was he was both. Uh, but talk about some of the charitable things that you've done. I, I you know I don't want you. I know you don't. You're not a bragger. You don't boast on yourself, but you're boasting in Christ and what He's been yes. able to do through you yes. and the influence that you've had. My wife and I started Corey Redding Foundation in 2005, and that was just to serve the inner city kids, give them a platform to 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 let them see that where your current destination is is not your final destination but just your your launching point right uh, you may be at the end of your rope but not at the end of your hope so to speak so it was to pour life into these kids and, and let them see that if I can make it you can that's where it started and then it transitioned into football camps and then in 2012 my wife and I created an endowment at the University of Texas College of Education to not only impact one child at a time, but grant a scholarship to someone who wants to go into the College of Education to be a teacher, a coach, a social worker, anyone that's going to have a positive effect, a positive effect on kids. We give them scholarships, let them go through the program. Now they're going out blessing others because they were blessed. That's the lasting legacy that my wife and I created, and so we're so blessed by that. Um, we've given 15 scholarships in the last six years by the grace of God through tremendous donors and sponsors. I cannot thank them enough. It's been tremendous work um, serving his kingdom by, you know, helping his children, you know, and, and I'm not done. I am not done. It's, we're just scratching the surface and there's so much more to be, to be said, but I'm, I'm just truly honored and blessed to be in the position we are now to help impact the lives of the youth and, the, and others around us. I went to uh, to court. He had a he had a celebrity bowling. Uh, he does that every year. It's the third year is that a year right? Yes. Yeah. Third. So uh, I got to go one year when I was in Austin, and there were some incredible athletes. Roger Clemens was there. Uh, there's all these incredible athletes, and I'm sitting there, and the Undertaker walks in, and uh, from wrestling, and I was like, "That's the Undertaker," and it was so cool because you know he didn't have on his Undertaker gear, and so I take a picture with him. And, uh, and then I, my son's a massive wrestling fan, so I went home and I showed my son, and he was like, oh, I wanted to meet him. He's just immediately <laughs> melted. Uh, he's, he's bigger now. He doesn't, he doesn't get upset. Yeah, he looks a lot different without the mascara on. All that, you know. <laughs> uh, look, if there's somebody here, this may be the most important question I could ask you. Who, maybe they came because they're fans of UT or they're fans of you or they just wanted to see what this was all about, and, and maybe they're not following Christ. Maybe they've thought about it, or maybe they did before and they just kind of trailed away. What would you tell that person on what that relationship with Jesus has meant to you? Mm. Mm. If you've taken five breaths since the time he stopped, raise your hand. That's everyone. That's like, the, that's like walking with Christ. It's like fresh air, renewing your spirit every single day uh, I believe is in his word that is not his desire to have anyone perish so if you're here today that's because he loves you gave you another opportunity to wake up today so he can do exactly what he did to me that day when I made a 180 
hoping that you would surrender. Make that 180 and say, Lord, I surrender. I love you. Please forgive me. And if you're there, then great. All right? Keep serving them and bring others. But if you're not there, I challenge you to just about face. Just turn around. I challenge you. I challenge you right now. You will not make a better decision in your life until you make that choice. He don't want robots. He want people that choose to love him and want to be with him. And he's longing for us. And in my walk, I realize that. And, and, I, and I challenge everyone to just take that leap of faith. Uh, you will never go wrong. And you will live every single day with that breath of fresh air, knowing that the Holy Spirit lives within you. God's own spirit lives within you. And he sent the helper to help you, walk with you, teach you, right? And then his son that you can talk to, to intercede to the father. It's a beautiful relationship. And I want it for everyone in this congregation and everyone that's listening and watching. Uh, you want to make a better decision than to choose God and Christ in your life today. That's good. You mentioned just the, the robotic, like that's the most beautiful thing. Like if I had a button that can make any woman desire me, wouldn't be near as awesome as to having this woman choose me. Yes. I mean, just to say she chooses me, I pinch myself every day going. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I got an amen back there. I, I know. Yeah. There you go. If you married up, you just raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you, you should get punched right now by your bride. Yeah. And it just means the world that they, they choose, you know, and get God. How beautiful is that? That that's how he orchestrated it, that it'd be a free will choice. But he desires that. Um, can you talk about your family a little bit? Just, I, I, I know you love your family. Just oh, share a little man. bit about. I don't know how much time we have. How much time <laughs> we have. I love my family. Why? Because they were the greatest gifts that was ever given to me. And I believe in my heart of hearts when I'm, when I'm entering the gates and I'm standing before his presence and, I, and he asked me, what did you do with the gifts that I've given you? Priscilla, Kaylee, CJ, and Christian. I hope that my response will have an answer from him to say, you did well. You did well, my son. And so my wife, been married now 16 years, the love of my life. And, um, you know, she, she's working now. And, you know, throughout my career, she couldn't really have a job um, because she was following me. And in the NFL, you know, if you get a long contract, that's great. But if you don't have a long contract, you're there two years and you, you put your house on wheels and you go to the next city, right? Um, and so my wife followed me for 13 years and it's been amazing, beautiful. So I'm, I'm loved to support her and all of her things that she's passionate about. My daughter, she's in theater. She's a freshman in high school. She's 15 years old and she loves it. Shy, reserved, but when the lights come on and, and she's in her role, she runs to the stage. And it's so awesome to see her worship God through her talent that he poured into her. My middle son, CJ, um, he's 11 years old and he's 5'5". Five five. Uh, he's a tall kid, big old, he was an 11 size shoe. And I'm like, come on, he's 11 year old, 11 size shoe. I'm like, man. I got to take him to the store to go get some new jeans because he now grew the other ones from a summer, uh, you know, a semester ago. But he's doing great. Loves football, loves track, loves to compete, heart of gold, and, uh, and, and truly wants to serve God. Um, the, uh, Ricardo Sanchez's uh, song came on the radio and it said, uh, you know, I choose to follow Jesus. And CJ was looking out the window and he said, yeah, you better, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because <laughs> if not, you're not going to where he's okay. You know? And so my son gets it at 11 years old. 
And Christian, who's the future politician, president maybe, uh, he's in third grade and I'm walking down the hallways with him at his elementary school and he's, hey Joel, hey Ashley, hey you know Josh, and I'm like, how do you know these kids? They're much bigger than you. They're all fifth graders and he's a third grader. Everyone in the school loves him. So much energy and passion. Baseball is his first love and then football and then basketball, but they're all great kids. They have straight A's. They listen. Yes ma'am, no ma'am. They support one another. Yeah, they still wrestling, fighting, all that, but it's never malicious. Um, it's just that's what little pups do, right? They wrestle and and it's, it's just awesome being a dad. You know, to be a father is one thing. To be a dad is another and I'm so honored to be a dad you yeah. know what I mean it's awesome your daughter is a, is a cute girl too and do you flip that switch when the boys start calling oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah talk about talk about the just leading your family because you do that really well and and we're, we're starting small groups starting today you can still sign up at colonialhill.org but um, I'm doing a small group just for men and becoming the men God wants us to be and, and those men lead their homes well talk about how you do that you have to do it with a stern face and, uh, and a lot of love. And you have to be persistent. Um, we were sitting out at dinner one day and a couple walked by and, and I really don't like being bothered when I'm eating with my family. That's my private time to be with them. I'm not Corey Redding, the football guy. I'm Corey Redding, the father, the dad, so let me be the dad. And so when this couple walked up, I immediately got like, what you doing here? But then they said, your kids are so well-mannered. I'm just so impressed with how they're sitting there and they're looking. I said, yes, ma'am. What is your secret? And my wife looked at her and I was like, ma'am, you probably don't want to know my secret. Proverbs say you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And I was raised in old school church. So when I stepped out of line, if I said something wrong, my mama popped me in my lip. Boy, don't say that, you know. If I did something wrong, she popped me in my butt. And it made me a better person, right? So with a stern face, with a lot of love. I never disciplined out of anger. I disciplined in love to correct and teach. Then I pray, and then I get them back on, a, back on the road. Um, but it's, 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 it's my greatest job. It's my greatest job. I played in the NFL, made a lot of awards, a lot of accolades, but when I'm dead and gone, I want to be known as a great father, a great man of God, and someone that made an impact in every community that I lived in and touched so many people's lives. To me, that would be my greatest achievements. Football would just be minute. And um, I just, that's how I run my household. Yeah. I love it. Well, here's what I love to do uh, as we wrap up our, our time together. Uh, and I, I love what Corey said, that, that his relationship with Jesus is by far the best thing in his life. And leading his family is a greater job spiritually than, than actually being, being a leader on the football field. And so we're not going to have a time of invitation, which we typically do every Sunday. But I just want to give you an opportunity just to know that you can have one of those moments. It doesn't have to be in a church service. It doesn't even have to be with a pastor. You can get alone by yourself in some room and just say, God, I surrender everything to you. And, and it's not a magical prayer. There's not magical words or a certain set of words. God doesn't work that way. He loves you. He just wants a relationship with you. And as I said a minute ago, if you confess that you're Lord, meaning you're in control now, you're in the driver's seat. Yes. I want you to lead my life. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus, your Lord, and you believe in your heart that not only did he die for your sins on the cross, but he raised from the grave, then you will be saved. So that doesn't happen at church necessarily. It can happen anywhere. As you heard him, it was in, 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 a, in a dorm in the off season, right? Between seasons, like that's, that's, it can happen for you today. 
And so if that's something that you're contemplating, I hope that on the drive home or you get home and before the big game, you have a little, little party in, in a closet or in a bedroom and just tell God, I love you and I surrender to you. And it'll be the best day ever. It'll be a super day indeed for you. All right, last question. Who you got tonight? Niners, Chiefs? Niners. <laughs> Woo! Where you at? I needed you. There you go. And here's why. Here's why. The head coach, Kyle Shanahan, and I were teammates at UT. He was a wide receiver transfer from another college, and so we were teammates at UT for about two to three years. Richard um, Hightower, the special teams coach, he used to take me down to Houston every time we got an off break. I didn't have a car at the time. He was a lot older than I, but, you know, probably a junior, and I was a freshman. And, and, and he would take me to Houston. He was a MacArthur uh, High School, uh, you know, standout. And, and, you know, so he'd drop me off at my house, and, and it was great. And so the defensive lineman, number 93, Earl Mitchell, he grew up in the same neighborhood I grew up in, went to the same high school I went to. So I have so many connections with that team that it just makes sense for me to root on my former team. Teammates. I wish these boys the best, and I and I, you know, hope they, you know, bring home the trophy. But again, this is a worthy opponent. They didn't get there by luck. I mean, all the speed and talent and and just sure will to just win. What they did against the Texans, whoo, that was crazy. How big of a comeback! Um, and, and just to see all of the talent all year long. Andy Reid, I'm so proud of him to make it in the in the Super Bowl as a Hall of Fame coach in my book. And, uh, and all those guys rallying behind them to, to fight for him is awesome. Well, and this is who I'm rooting for. Yeah. But I, I predicted they would win. I think they'll win by double digits, and it's because of the D-line. Uh, their D-line, yeah. if you don't have time, and you know that. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have time. But it's going to be tough locking down Kelsey and Hill yeah. and, <laughs> you know, Patrick Mahomes. Out, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough. So they got their work cut off for them. But fun. Fun uh, I'll say they probably win by seven. A touchdown. I don't say double digits. I think it's going to be close. <laughs> it's not going to be a high scoring we'll game. See. We'll see I don't happens. think it's going to be nine to three, but I think it's going to be somewhere <laughs> in that mid 30s to high 20s. Well, we are honored. Thank you so much for coming. I, this guy, let me tell you how awesome he is. He had a, a, a gala, a fundraiser for Dell Children's Hospital last night. Uh, they raised $2.7 million for Dell Children's in Austin. He got home, got to bed at Midnight 15, and he got up at 3 and drove here. So we're going to get him some Red Bull and let him get ready for the next service. But uh, one more time, can we just hear for Corey Rennie how honored we were to have him today? Let's pray for my friend together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Corey and Priscilla and his whole family. God, I'm just honored that, uh, that we're friends and that you've, you're using him in mighty ways. You used him in, in a mighty way this morning. God, I know there's somebody here that uh, Corey spoke to directly and that, God, their life is never going to be the same because they're going to have that same conversation that he had uh, years ago uh, to say, God, I surrender to you. There's going to be somebody do that today, and it's because Corey got to share his story uh, of when you touched his life and you continue to use him in mighty ways. God, I'm thankful for the Corey Redding Foundation and all the things that you're doing through him and his bride. I pray you continue to give him favor. Uh, God, that he would make the difference that he so deeply desires to do. Uh, all the days of his life, he wants to live for you and uh, point others to you. And I'm thankful for his story. I'm thankful for his, uh, the, the, the life changes happen through him, in him, 
and for you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.